and welcome to Fresh Pressed for February 9th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and lactic grooves. Oh, wow. You had it prepared in advance. Andrew, I'm so proud. It helps when we pick a noun that's that has an associated adjective. Well, I feel like most nouns we pick have associated adjectives. You just try and go for like the weirder adjective. Like you didn't go for milky. Well, yes, it has to be an associated adjective that is not just the noun with a suffix or something, you know? I mean, I understand. You have pride. Yeah, I take pride in my work, Abe. Unlike some of us. Who? Who is? Who is the other person? Well, who is that? Also me and other parts of my work. Yeah, yep, that's fair. Okay, um... So the theme this week is based off the fact that the Lunar New Year is coming around again. Mm-hmm. And this year, Andrew, the animal is the ox. It sure is. But there are not enough good songs about oxen or cows. Yeah. There's a lot of kids' songs about cows. Yeah. So, uh, But there's plenty of songs about milk. And milk comes from cows in addition to other animals. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners who may not have listened last week, the reason we need a broader theme is that we are doing Black History Month here on Fresh Pressed Again, which means that our theme picks are going to come from black artists um, exclusively for this month. I mean, to be fair, there really just aren't any songs about oxen in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been hard to do oxen as a theme even were it not February. Yeah. Andrew, tell me about your milk song. Yeah. So this is um, a song entitled Moo, Bitch, I'm a Cow by Doja Cat. Yeah, bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say now. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. <laughs> um, no, so my actual song is called The Milkman. And it's by Jyoti. So Jyoti is uh, a pseudonym of Georgia Ann Muldrow, who also uses her own name. productions and actually like on some of it she's credited as both but it's just one person and it's all her um she uses the jyoti name for like her more jazz focused music the rest of her music is definitely jazz influenced but explores more genre and you can tell that this one is is pretty pretty much straightforward jazz yeah i mean i don't know if i would call it straightforward jazz well but I know what you're trying to say. I mean, not maybe not instrumentation-wise, but like, I think compositionally, it is pretty straightforward jazz. Yeah, I mean, it's not bebop, but... Okay, it's not bebop, but there's more to jazz than bebop, Gabe, anyway. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, George Ann Muldrow, uh, her parents are both musicians. Her father is a jazz guitarist, um, and her mother is a singer. She received the name jyoti which is a sanskrit word that means radiance or or divine light um she received that from her uh she calls her spiritual mentor who is alice coltrane (laughs) oh wow yes 
pretty cool. That's where she gets the name. And this is from her uh, 2013 album, Dendra, which was her second album as Jyoti. But she has like 10 billion releases, both under her own name and, and as Jyoti. Including one from last year, right? What was it? Mama, I Can Bet. Is that also under the Jyoti? Yeah, Mama, you can, Mama You Can Bet is Jyoti. Um, but then she had like two Georgia and Muldrow albums in 2019. So she's just doing stuff all the time. Yeah, she's a part of the like the the like the LA Avant jazz group, right? That includes like mm-hmm. Thundercat and Flying Lotus. Uh, I think she got signed to Brain Feeder. She's yes, she's done some music on Brain Feeder. This isn't. This is on uh, some other ship. Connect. Wow, great fucking label name. There's a great quote from her in a a Forbes article from last year where the, (laughs) the question they ask her is, how has jazz informed your creative process? Which is the dumbest fucking question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and she has an apt answer, which is, that's like asking how water informs a fish. Yeah, right. It's kind of her whole world. Um, she says specifically about the, the Jyoti side of her like project. She says, that body of work allows me to dive into this beautiful well of my childhood, my young adulthood, my teenage life trying to understand my father, trying to know him better, and at the same time working out my feelings about him. So yeah, it's sort of an an angle for her to more directly approach the water in which she was born. Gabe, you've got the milk, but you also have another ingredient. And also, you picked a reggae song. Please tell us. This song is called Milk and Honey. That's the other ingredient that Andrew was referring to, the honey. I think people probably could figure that out. Well, just in case. um, The artist's name is Dennis Brown. And I believe this was first released on his 1976 studio record titled Visions of Dennis Brown. So reggae, Andrew. This is the first reggae song we've had on the podcast. I don't know if it'll if we'll have another one. I, like I'm not <laughs> really somebody who listens to reggae music, and I don't have a lot of context for anything about it. So maybe I shouldn't have picked a song that I cannot talk about. But I thought it was a really good song, and you know, reggae music is such an enormous part of an influence into like the Western hemisphere, Afro-Caribbean styles that are quite influential through like hip hop and R&B as well um, in the United States. So if you know anything about reggae, which I don't, and I'm anticipating (laughs) that you don't, Andrew, and that actually probably most of our listenership doesn't either. 
But if you if you do know anything, you know who Dennis Brown is. But I didn't know anything, so I don't know who Dennis yeah, Brown. I, didn't I know don't who know who Dennis Brown. Dennis Brown is. So Dennis Brown is like one of the major seminal figures of reggae from Jamaica. Uh, he was dubbed the Crown Prince of Reggae by. Now here's a reggae figure you do know, Andrew Bob Marley. Okay, yeah, I could have guessed. Um, and he was absolutely prolific and one of the giants of Jamaican music um, while he was alive. Uh, he was born in 1957, so this album that he that this came out on was out when he was like 19. Damn, that's pretty early in his career. Dennis Brown and <laughs> I up... imagine I imagine it's not pretty late in his career. Yeah, fair. This is crazy. He ended up releasing like 75 studio albums. If you go to his Wikipedia page and look at like the discography list, you're like, this is impossible. How did anybody produce this much music? (laughs) And of course, part of it is that reggae follows, a considerable amount of reggae follows a specific formula. And music is reused a lot, including the uh, like the rhythm section will just be reused from song to song between artists. And this song is indeed a cover of an original by a man named Clive Hunt. Around this time, Brown had started working with a producer named Joe Gibbs, and that was a very prolific partnership. And they had this deal basically where Dennis Brown would get studio time, but also any of like the like the arrangements that were come up, not not the, like the lyrics or the songs, but the arrangements, like the backing music that came out of this. Um. Gibbs was then free to use with any other projects that he worked on. Damn. Which is an interesting arrangement, but also I think speaks to sort of like this free reuse idea that is inherent with a lot of reggae music. Okay, so it's like a classic reggae song, right? You've got great horns. Um, you've got the super thematic reggae backing sound, which includes like this emphasis on the third beat in the measure um, and all of the offbeat work that happens with like the guitars and the piano. Mm-hmm. And the whole song is centered around religious ideas, which reggae is obviously very strongly tied to the Rastafari religion, which, Andrew, do you know much about Rastafari? No. Nice. No. Good. Yes. Well, so Rastafari is uh, an offshoot, I guess, of the Abrahamic religions and specifically Christianity. It's sort of blending of ideas of Pan-Africanism and... Christianity very broadly, but right the central figure, the the sole god is referred to as Jah, and which is obviously key to the song. Um, and milk and honey is an idea that anybody who's familiar with the Abrahamic religions is familiar with. Yes, idea of going down into the this land of Palestine of Israel filled with milk and honey. I don't have much more to say about reggae in general or the song because, again, as stated, I know nothing. But I do think it's an important part of 
music and a huge influence. And I think both for us personally, but also for the listeners, it's worth exploring reggae and uh, maybe reggae artists that you don't know that much about, like Dennis Brown, who were central figures to broaden your musical ideas. Andrew, Mm -hmm. we sort of incorporated a theme into our new songs. There's a real upside-down feel to these two songs we've brought. There's a real down-under feel to both these songs. Mm, I mean, all right. Upside-down? Well, yeah. You know, because everything in Australia is upside down. Anyway, uh, my new tune this week is entitled Glitterbug, and it is by the band Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. I like that you took particular care to tell us the name of the song and then give a pause and then tell us the name of the artist, because otherwise would have been very confusing as to what words you were saying and why they were in the places they were. Yes. So again, this is Glitterbug by Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. And this is off of their new album, which is entitled Shiga! The Sunlight Mound. So I don't know what the fuck any of this means. I mean, I know what some of these words are. Most of them, except for Shiga. Um, I like that on their Wikipedia article, they mentioned that there's like no real reason why they picked their band name. It, they just thought it was kind of funny. Um, but also the Wikipedia article takes care to explain to you what a crumpet is, just in case you <laughs> are not sure. I did look at the Wikipedia article. It's an amazing line, actually. You should read the line to the audience. <laughs> the word crumpet may be unusual to some, as it is a traditional English food described in the Cambridge Dictionary as, quote, a small, round type of bread with holes in one side that is eaten hot with butter. <laughs> Just in the Wikipedia article for this band. Amazing. Yeah. So just imagine that, but psychedelic and pornographic. Well, I actually would rather not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they are from Perth. There are uh, four chief members of the band and then some additional satellite members. Jack McEwen is the main uh, vocalist and singer and vocalist and singer. He's both the vocalist and the singer uh, and songwriter. Um, Luke Parrish, Danny Caddy, Luke Reynolds. Uh, there's also Chris Young on on keys and some additional guitars. And Peter Coyne is the backup drummer. He used to be lead, but after a wrist injury during his NRL season with the St. George Illawarra Dragons, he was placed into backup. That's rugby, which you could probably guess from the fact that they're Australian. Yes, rugby league, though, I believe, as opposed to rugby union. Okay. I don't... 
now. That's beyond my knowledge. Yeah, they're two different sports. Okay. Everything's weird well, in Australia. Listen. Jeez. <laughs> Froiga. Anyway, they met through their drug dealer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And this is their fourth album. Uh, they started in 2016 with High Visceral Part 1 and then followed up with Part 2 in 2017. Uh, 2019 was And Now for the it, which I don't think was a tie-in with the candy bar, but I, I'm not sure. I don't know. And then this, of course, Shiga, the Sunlight Mound, is their fourth album. Um, and this album was just like a lot of fun. I did not expect to enjoy it. And Gabe, I know you didn't expect me to enjoy it and you didn't even bother listening to it because you figured psychedelic porn crumpets i'll listen to that later well (laughs) i listened to the first like song or two off the album and i was like you know i couldn't even bring a song off this album and have a productive conversation with andrew about it but it turns out that i was in the wrong you were brutally wrong i really enjoyed this album it was a lot of fun it is mostly about some things like in terms of lyrics it's very, well, drug-focused, psychedelics-focused. I read a quote somewhere that said, uh, from Jack McEwen, who said, I wanted Shiga, the sunlight mound, to be like a line of coke. You're racing up on the first track, forever on a peak, and then coming down on the last one. And that's a pretty good explanation of this album. It's, it's pretty high energy the whole way through. It's kind of insane. This song is kind of insane. It's like so much. There's just so much happening. But uh, uh, something that I like about this, which, you know, I did have to read the lyrics to to really get, is that it's not entirely just like, drugs are cool and I like doing drugs, you know? Um, like this song specifically is kind of being sick of the continuous clubbing scene and wishing that you could experience something beyond that. Yeah. Um, I think the lyrics of this song are really good. They're not at all at the forefront. You know, it's really about the guitar and the overall psychedelic sound. But I think underneath all that, underneath all that glitter, so to speak, um, there's some good bug. Wait, this broke down in the second half of this metaphor. Yeah, you really lost the thread there. But I understand what you're saying. I thought this was very fun. The... The guitar is, like, oh, crazy, and, like, there's so much distortion, not just on the guitar, but also on, like, the vocals. On everything, yeah. Which just, like, puts everything... It's not, like, psychedelic in the way that, like, you get, like, the spaced-out shoegaze psychedelic. No, 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 no. It's not Dark Side of the Moon. It's like somebody blended acid with Coke. Yes. And we all know what that feels like. Yep, we've all... Yep. <laughs> Now, Andrew, you just sent me this song, and I like dragged the song over to my playlist, and I listened to it, and because um, I wasn't hadn't listened to the whole album, and I did not understand the ending. I actually thought my Spotify had died. Yeah, because just kind of ends in the middle of a of a phrase, but it uh, it turns out that there is a second song that comes immediately after it, titled "More Glitter." 
Yes, so it does do- go directly into more glitter. And really, the whole album is kind of one unit, as you know, as you get from that line of coke quote. Right. Um, it's intended as a continuous high. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess I could have tried to pair these two, but you've sort of attacked me for all of my new tunes lately. I didn't want to push it on this one. That's true. If you had brought anything slightly out of line this week, I would have quit the podcast. Gabe, tell us about your song, which I'm so excited about because I fucking loved this album. Yeah. Wow. It was hard to choose one song. Um, This is Mandible, which is the last track off the record from Odette titled Herald. Andrew, there were at least three different songs on this album that I was considering bringing and that were eligible, like in addition to the four songs of the album that had already been released as singles, um, which is wild. This album by Georgia Odette Sally Banks, known solely by her middle name, is remarkable. I think it's a really brilliant combination of like avant-garde, production and chamber music behind some very compelling pop vocals. So Odette uh, was born in Bath in the UK, but moved to Sydney fairly early in her life. um, And I think identifies as an Aussie. Um, Hence the ties between psychedelic porn crumpets and Odette. Although the music is somewhat different. Yeah. This is her second full-length album, Harold. Um, she released a record, I think, two years ago titled To a Stranger, which got quite a bit of buzz, at least in the Australian community. It was nominated for, I can't remember what they're called, but a couple of the like Australian Music Award, the Arias, I think they are. Okay. Like the Australian Record Industry Awards. That, I mean, that those are those letters. Oh, yeah, those literally how... Oh, interesting. It's probably exactly that, huh? <laughs> and this is a record predominantly in her words and as you can tell about her state of mind at a particular point in her life and like struggling with mental health and entering adulthood and decisions and she's talked about there being a lot of anger present in this record more than sadness and I think you can very much hear that on this song in particular yeah. Which I, this song is amazing. I just, I just love the way it builds. Yeah. There's just like these amazing, this amazing triplet feel that runs itself all, almost all the way through the song. And something that's evident on this song and also, again, on the rest of the record is her vocal style is very rhythmic and like slightly theatrical. And she is an incredibly talented vocalist. So good. I really like the way that she incorporates her like lyrics into the rhythm of the song. Like I talk about her vocals being rhythmic. I don't know if that's quite the right word for it, but she manages 
to like make the words flow through the music in a way that's like slightly unpredictable to me. And maybe it's like a lot of like, you know, rhythms that we don't normally hear in pop music. And I would call this like essentially pop. Yeah. And that works well with like, there's a very classical feel to the arrangements. Lots of strings and piano um, that run through the song. She is a pianist by trade. Um, like, I love the way she sings, like, the lines, the first lines in the chorus. Like, take my heart in your hands, feel it beat as we dance. I want more than just two strangers stealing thrills from fleeting glances. That last mm-hmm. line is, like, extended in um, its phrasing and, like, makes you hold out for the, the last part of the rhyme. Do you know we love that kind of shit? We love that. The plucks pilchards from the water. And I remember seeing you. Mm-hmm. Take my heart and your hands, feel it beat as we dance. I want more than just two strangers still in thrills from fleeting glances. Sound the horn, play the drums, I will call. The final element of the song is like this incredible chorus that culminates the whole album and there's a lot going on here and there's two things i want to point out first of all it's a double chorus so the same the same lines repeated twice Mm -hmm. and the first is like this absolute culmination you have this triplet feel that's been going the whole song song underneath they have like the the strings are at their fullest there is a bowed upright bass underneath everything (laughs) which is not a sound you hear very often in any genre and then the second chorus, the repeat of that, there's still like these soaring vocals, but the, the like this driving triplet feel that has been underneath the whole thing disappears. And then the song immediately ends. And that's the end of the album. Yeah. Which is abrupt and leaves, it left me feeling like a little off kilter. Like, like I was expecting more and it's not there. And also like, I don't know, maybe that's what you want, right? You want to leave people, but it, it's not like one of these last songs where you get this big cathartic overture and then you leave and you're like, yes, that was great. It was like, it's like stopping. Yeah. So this is Mandible. And again, the whole album is a masterpiece um, titled Herald. sort of a brief listening weekend for us because of recording constraints but Andrew what else did you listen to and like you know there was still a good good amount of stuff that I that I heard and enjoyed um the staves put out their album good woman the weather station put out her record ignorance uh miss grit put out an ep called imposter i don't know anything about this person but i really like this ep haley williams of paramore uh put out a solo 
acoustic record that she wrote and recorded entirely during quarantine, I think by herself, called Flowers for Vases slash Descansos, which is an allusion to her record from the beginning of last year or middle of last year, um, which is like a full studio record called Petals for Armor. Sun June put out an album called Somewhere that was also quite enjoyable. Some good indie stuff. Andrew, there's a record from Femi and Made Kuti, who I assume yeah. are Fela Kuti's children. Oh, you don't know shit about this record. Yeah, but it was really good. I didn't listen to all of it, but the songs I listened to, I loved. Yeah, so uh, it's been released as a double album called Legacy Plus. They also released their separate sides of the album as individual albums. So Femi Kuti, who is Fela Kuti's son, uh, his half of this double album is called Stop the Hate. And Made Kuti, who is Femi Kuti's son, so Fela Kuti's grandson, uh, put out the album called Forward. Um, I think the Femi Kuti side of it is like just some pretty solid Afrobeat. The Made Kuti Forward album is really special. It's really, really excellent. There was a cool like R&B, like, like, I don't know, much more popular record, but that I really enjoyed by Black Coffee called Subconsciously. Black Coffee is a South African producer. And, you know, there's some pretty major features on this record, like, you know, Usher and Pharrell and Celeste. But um, I thought it was very good, actually. Um, we got a recommendation just like <laughs> moments before we did this recording uh, from one of our listeners, Sam, who's Penguinesia on Twitter. Um, she recommended Preacher's Kid by Semler, which is an EP that is uh, about being both queer and Christian and sort of negotiating those often conflicting identities. Um, I don't know anything about this musician, but Sam gave us some context. She said that uh, Semler did a series called State of Grace with Refinery21 last year, where she examined Christianity and queerness in the United States. Uh, when the pandemic hit, she decided to record her own EP to contribute to the reimagining of the genre um, and expanding the diversity therein. I think it's a really cool album. Uh, I think we both just listened to it like right before we started recording. Yeah, it's really nice. There's a great song about youth group lock-ins, which is not a thing that I experienced, but um, is a wild concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew people that did this. Uh, a really good album. Um, thanks for the recommendation, Sam. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I would not have I would not have heard it otherwise, so I really appreciate that. So that's our show for the week. You can find us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. We have a Spotify playlist with all the songs from this year and a Spotify playlist from all of our song with all of our songs from 2019 and 2020. Um, and those are in the show notes. And we will be back on February 16th. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed. <laughs> <laughs>